to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back on the block here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Bachman. He is Eric Strickland. And we are getting you a really, like I said earlier, uh, maybe just bringing you up until first pitch for Husker baseball. Uh, maybe not quite. We're, we're done at 6. I think the first pitch is at 6.30. But either way, uh, it's an exciting day for Husker baseball, Husker basketball as well in action tonight. And that's why we have Chris Bassnett of the Lincoln Journal Star on with us to kind of break that game down. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for giving us your time here today. I guess uh, among among the most important questions uh, for tonight's game is what do you expect the crowd to be like at Pinnacle Bank Arena? Do you expect to see uh, a whole lot of people there? Do you think most people will be still watching baseball? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, 8, 8 p.m. tip on a Friday night, uh, two of the bottom three teams in the conference. Uh, I don't think it's going to be real big. Uh, I guess we'll just have to see. I know of at least one person that gave away some floor seats to to another to another person uh, for the game tonight. So that probably tells you what direction it's headed. But yeah, I, I you know what the way crowds have even trended in these past few games, and and now an 8 p.m. game on a Friday night, it's going to be a, it's going to be a pretty tough sell, I think. Do you think that that, you know, we'll get back in this game here, but kind of the bigger picture discussion, obviously there's all the talk about, you know, what's going to happen with Fred Hoiberg after the, after the season and, and how big that contract is. But do you think that the, the, the interest or lack thereof um, for such a long part of this season, and, and obviously it's starting to, to hit Pinnacle Bank Arena quite a bit, um, do you think that that factors in quite heavily or almost as heavily as the buyout? Well, it does, especially if if season ticket renewals um, don't pick up in the off season. You know, the the thing with Nebraska this year is they sold all their tickets before the season started, so they they can list their attendance at fifteen thousand, you know, two hundred or whatever whatever it may be. And yeah, those tickets are sold, and that's what matters because that's what makes you the money. But if those tickets aren't sold last year or for next season, then then it becomes a real big issue. Yeah, so certainly that that's going to play into this thing. It, it's it's probably it's obviously pretty tough to project what it might look like going into next year. But but yeah, with the way crowds have gone this year, you have to think sales are going to be down uh, going into the next season. And you wonder about the crossover too, especially with baseball. Somebody on the text line just kind of asking, um, maybe because of the way I, 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 you know, phrased that question. Is there? Do you think that there would will be a big enough, you know, chunk of, of Husker fans that are just kind of all invested into Husker athletics, or do you think that these fan bases are, are somewhat separate? And obviously, um, baseball not as big as, as a as a money getter as basketball is. Yeah, I think I think most people, for the most part, are pretty invested in, in Nebraska athletics. Now, look. It, everybody's invested in a winning program. That, I mean, that's what it comes down to. And baseball's a winning program right now. And it's easier to get excited about baseball. Maybe it's easier to sit at home and, and fire up ESPN Plus tonight to watch baseball rather than, than drag out to the arena and watch the basketball team. So that's a big part of it, too. At the end of the day, if you win games, you know, there's there's no issues as far as being invested. And that's the issue for Nebraska basketball right now. It's It's easy to get excited for baseball. It's easy to have been excited for baseball. And it's a lot easier to be excited for baseball than it is for basketball with what we've seen this season. So, yeah, I, you know, I think Nebraska fans are, are going to support their teams no matter what, but certainly the interest is going to be higher when the teams are winning. Hey, Chris, um, let's just cross over to the women's side. I mean, the women had a, a tough road trip. Um, uh, they went out to Penn State, took a little loss. Uh, they're 8-7 and seven now in the Big Ten. Uh, they've got some good quad one uh, victories. 
uh, played really well. But one of the things that we've noticed with them on the road, similar to what the basketball team is, is that uh, they'll have good leads. They'll be doing really well. And then they'll have a stretch where they'll just fall off. And it's usually on the road. What do, what do the Husker women have to do, you think, um, to be able to change that that dynamic? I mean, they're getting great play from some of their younger players. Uh, they're very consistent with the balance that they have. But they just kind of find out on the road. I mean, they take care of home. I mean, that's the one thing you can bet. And you go into P, uh, PBA with the women, you're you're gonna you're gonna get a good run. The only game they lost there was against Iowa, which was a tough one because they just happened to get hot. But what what do you think the difference is between the women and their abilities to take care of the home, but still have some of the same tendencies on the road? How can they change that dynamic as we get ready to go into Big Ten for them? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an interesting question, Strick. I think I think a lot of it is it's just hard to win on the road. Uh, there, there there's certainly a, an element to that, and you know we've seen when Nebraska women have lost games this year, turnovers have really been an issue for them. And that was the case last night. You know they have a 13 point lead and they give it up in a minute and a half because they couldn't they couldn't stop turning the ball over. So it, it look it starts with that in any game. Certainly taking care of the ball. Certainly that's probably more important on the road than it is at home when you've got the crowd behind you because. We, we see it all the time. Turnovers can fuel another team, and turnovers can fuel that, that team's crowd. So, you know, for me, we, we know Nebraska's good enough to play with pretty much anybody uh, in the Big Ten Conference on the women's side. There's no doubt about that. But if, if you want to keep a, a road crowd out of it, if you want to keep a road team from making a run, you got to take better care of the ball. And I think that's what it comes down to for the women. Chris, are you getting paid a double time tonight? I know you're supposed to, to cover the baseball and the basketball team. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to ease off a of baseball duty tonight and focus on basketball, but I'll be tuned in for sure. I'm really interested <laughs> to see what that looks like. Yeah, um, and 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 kind of speaking of that, um, what do you, I don't know how much time you've been able to dive into it. Maybe it's you know you kind of get more into it after basketball season. Um, but uh, what do you kind of expect from the baseball team this year? I know they lost a few key pieces, but the confidence sure is high around that program. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's fascinating to kind of watch this come together because you're right. They they obviously lost some real stars from that team. Uh, you know, with Spencer Schwalenbach and Kate Povich being MLB draft picks, Cam Wynn being an MLB draft pick, and and some other guys that really had prominent roles for them. But if you ask anybody in that program right now, they feel like they might be a little deeper this year. They may not have the the superstars that they had last year and the guys that you can point to at the end of the games and say those are studs and they're going to go get it done for us. But they have more talent, I think. And the issue is it's just so much of it is unproven. Um, and that's what makes this so fascinating. You could point to any part of this roster, whether it's pitching, whether it's you know infield, defense, outfield, whatever you want to look at, you know, there's, there's going to be guys out there playing that haven't played a whole lot of baseball for Nebraska. And that's where the interest is for me. I think this team is as talented as any, as the, as any in the Big Ten. They're going to have a chance to win the league again. But some of these some of these new guys need to prove themselves, and that's what makes it so interesting for me right now. And we're going to jump around a few different things happening this week in, in sports, so uh, it's easy to do that. Um, first of all, let's get to the announcement in college football that the, the four-team playoff is staying for the next four seasons. I feel like I'm one of the, lo- the only people that's pretty excited about this for the regular season baseball, or regular season football, excuse me, um, to still mean as much as it has historically for college football. Um, but uh, do you expect, I mean, I, I, I also don't know how much I believe in, okay, we're just going to make this decision and then we're not going to talk about it for four years. Yeah, you know, it's. I think I think eventually we're heading toward an expanded playoff. I think there's too much money involved to to not head in that direction. At the end of the day, we we know money rules everything, uh, especially in college football uh, with TV contracts, um, with 
with the product itself. If you have a playoff, you're going to have more games, uh, essentially, or, or what's going to feel like more games. And, and we all have our opinions on what that means for the regular season. But, you know, by and large, people are still going to watch, you know, and I think that's that's kind of the interesting thing about this. Whether whether it stays at four for the next few years or whether they change it in the next couple of years remains to be seen. There's probably a lot of contracts and a lot of legal stuff that needs to be worked through there. But at the end of the day, Money and television drives this whole thing. And if you can put together a, a playoff with more teams, that's going to mean more money, and, and more money means you're probably going to move in that direction eventually. Hey, hey, Chris. Um, so I have a quick question, just a thought. Um, I had been looking into, you know, Nebraska and trying to figure out, you know, what they're – what should Anders possibly looking to do? Are they looking – you think they're looking to stay into that 3-4 – uh, defense. It just seemed to me that when Nebraska had always been at their best, they were at a four-three, and and you know with guys like Oshan Mathis out there, uh, you know I don't know if they bowled well in a in a three-four. Guys like that, if you can land a guy like that who is a tremendous rush end, you know do do you stay at a three-four? Do you do you look to uh, maybe go back to a four-three? Because that for me in the history of Nebraska football, it looked like that's that's where they've been most successful. I mean, I know that they kind of tried to build it for a three, four, but what, what's your thought? Do you think they're going to stay at a three, four or, or possibly make a shift this summer? Yeah, it's, I think a lot of it depends on personnel. You know, I think a lot, we, we saw it more and more last year. Yes. The base defense was three, four last year, but you saw a lot of four, three, especially as the season went on because Nebraska had a lot of, had a lot of depth up front, a lot of strength up front to be able to, to play that way. So a lot of this is going to come down to personnel. You know, if they feel like they have the personnel to run a four, three, then I think you'll see them run a four, three. Uh, if they feel they have the personnel to be more successful in the three, four, then they'll probably run more of the three, four. I, th- I think that's one of the things that Eric Shenander is good at is getting his guys in the right spots and being able to run the right schemes to, to put his guys in position to succeed. So that uh, remains to be seen. Obviously there's a long way to go between now and, and the end of August, as far as what your personnel is going to look like on that defensive line. Certainly there's some question marks there and some depth you need to add, but yeah, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if you saw Nebraska play some four, three or even more four, three this coming season, because they had a lot of success with that late later in the year, uh, this, this past season. And obviously, spring football is around the corner, but but strict mission, Oshawn Mathis, who's a transfer from TCU. We'll get a little bit more into that later in the show. Um, but if, if, in in your mind, what is what is more necessary for Nebraska? That type of you know pass rusher who's who's had you know big time sacks um, numbers in, in in the Big Twelve before, um, and something Nebraska just really hasn't had since you kind of think of Randy Facts. Gregory and Avery Moss for quite some time, or a little bit more help on that offensive line, which was the weakness this past season. <laughs> I think it has to be on the defensive line. And look, it's football starts up front on both sides of the ball. There's no question about that. So, but you said it, you know, that Nebraska hasn't been able to get after the passer like they want to or like they've needed to uh, the past several years. So I think it's got to start there. If you're able to be more disruptive on defense, if you're able to make the quarterback uncomfortable on defense, I think that makes things a lot easier for the rest of your defense. And it makes things easier for your offense because you're getting that other, you're getting that opposing offense off the field quicker. So, if I have to pick one, I'm probably picking a couple more disruptors on the defensive line. Definitely a guy like Mathis who can come in and do some do some of that stuff for you, and maybe even another guy like that if you can find him. So, yeah, it's 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 the depth and the the strength has to be good up front, both sides of the ball. But for me, if you can if you can make the other offense uncomfortable, I think that makes everything easier. He's Chris Bassett, the Lincoln Journal Star.
I just a few more questions, Chris, before you get out. First of all, uh, how, how I mean, how much of NBA All-Star Weekend do you think you'll watch? Are you a guy that gets excited for the dunk contest or the three-point contest or anything? Uh, not not as much as I used to. I'm a I'm a big uh, you know I was a big Larry Bird fan growing up, so I used to like watching Larry in the in the three point contest. But I don't I don't get into it as much as I used to. All right, fair enough. And then something else I saw you tweeting about. Um, there's a there's a big collection of video games that that were was found in Nebraska that could be worth quite a bit of money. Did you? I was talking earlier on in the shows about about this. Did you did you have a something, some sort of toy or something that you kept in a box, thinking that it would be worth money down the line? Um, and if it's like mine, it, it hasn't panned out quite yet. Well, I, I did, and I, mine's the classic story of I had it in the box, and Mom threw it out eventually. I had all the old, like, <laughs> He-Man action figurines and all that stuff, oh, and Bell yeah. Force Castle and all that stuff. So had all that, then came home one day and found out Mom threw it out uh, in, in the garbage. So I had a little bit of that <laughs> If stuff, they only knew it, it what the Cabbage Patches and the He-Mans and the Star Wars yep. would have been worth these days, right? <laughs> yes, sir, you got it. And one more question for you. What, how do you see this uh, Nebraska-Maryland game going tonight? Do you think that Nebraska uh, can, can get n- win number two in the Big Ten? Yeah, you know, this is probably their their last really good chance of of winning a game when you just kind of look at the numbers and look at where both teams are at. And I think for Nebraska, it comes down to the same thing it always does. Can they show up and play hard? If they do that, they're going to have a really good chance to win this game. It's a long road trip for Maryland. It's a late, late tip, especially for Maryland coming from the East Coast. So Nebraska's going to have a, a good shot in, there, in this thing. But at the end of the day, they, they've got to show up and play. If they do that, they're going to give themselves a chance. He's Chris Bassett of the Lincoln Journal Star. Chris, thanks for your time today. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. All right, there he goes. Chris Baston of the Lincoln Journal-Star. It is that time of the day. We, we just talked about the three-point shootout. It's time for shootout with Strick. Your chance to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. Give us a call right now, 402-464-5685. That's the Honda of Lincoln Hotline to jump in line and have an opportunity to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. That'd be nice going into the weekend. Uh, and uh, today's uh, today's topic is actually All-Star Weekend. So we'll, we'll, get, uh, we'll get some of those questions nailed down. And, and, and if you know anything about it, give us a call. I already see a, a few people calling in. So 402-464-5685. Shootout with Strick is coming up next here on The Block. <laughs> 